Welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod. Fellas, the Axe is back home. The Gophers dominated Wisconsin. 23-13 to was the final score. Uh, defense only surrendered six of those points. Everything came together. Um, combination of, you know, suffocating defense and a timely passing offense that, that got the job done this year. And uh, man, it was electrifying to be there. Uh, I believe that was my first fourth time on the field twice for iowa games the penn state game and now this game so that was my fourth time rushing the field one of the best i mean i i said this to max before we started recording it is a easily a top three probably top two gopher game that i've ever been to um i had been to many gopher badger matchups uh over the years and i'd never seen us win it in person before so this one uh this one was pretty special and what'd you guys think about the game yeah, what a tremendous effort, you know, just a solid overall football game, I think, you know, by the Gophers. Finally winning at home for the first time since 03. Um, gosh, where do I begin? Um, let's just start with the defense, totally the star of the, of the game. Um, you know, they were the 10th ranked rushing defense with, with uh, Braylon Al- Allen, you know, averaging 7.6 yards per carry. Um, tw- 229.4 total, you know, yards on the ground, but we just stopped that completely. We, we held them to 62 yards rushing 2.8 carry yards per carry, um, and just really kept them out of the end zone, you know, and just forced them for two field goals. Only touchdown was that pick six that kind of looked a little, a little drastic when it happened. I kind of took the light yeah. out of me to be honest, but <clears throat> Defense held in there. Um, specifically, I, I got to go with Justin Wally. Man, um, I think that there was some things that, you know, went wrong in the secondary. But I think a lot of it had to do with the officiating. I, I don't know if we really touched into it. I don't really remember talking to you guys during the game, honestly. But I feel like they blew or didn't really. There was no solid definition for the refs what pass interference was. Like, terrible. It were, there were some calls, there were some no calls. I don't really want to dwell on that too much because I don't, you know, officiating is officiating. But, I mean, that was something crazy. But I got to say, Wally, when he, when he got that interception, that just changed the momentum, it seemed like. And after that, we capitalized on that turnover. We scored, and we took a 13-10 lead. And that's just kind of when things, to me, just, just, went, just went crazy for us. So. Um, that's what I like defensively. Obviously, you know, we saw, um, Kai Thomas, um, just went off there too. Um, I love Brevin Spanford, you know, on offense too. Just finally utilizing Spanford. He had that 30 yard reception on the sideline in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know, like just a lot of great things there. Um, Ottman Bell clutch touchdown and some catches too. I'd say Tanner had a decent game, um, but yeah, man, it was it was a great great effort by the Gophers. Um, had we played like that against Iowa, you know, we're, we're looking at a Big Ten title shot. But you know, that's just not how it went. And but I'll take the axe here. It's, it was a good good win. Uh, it's definitely seemed like the Gophers did a lot of the things that we all season long have kind of been asking for. Um, even in, even in games that we've won, we've always kind of harped on, you know, we've never played a complete game. 
either offensively or defensively uh, towards the end of the year, mostly offensively. It seemed like we were just, the play calling was weird. Tanner's been off. Um, but this last game, I mean, offensively and defensively, it seemed like both sides of the ball probably played their best game of the season, um, given that they were facing a hot Badger team. Um, and, you know, in the situation too, like a lot of college teams would probably look at this and say, even if we win, I mean, we still have a bowl game to play for, but you know, the West was already out of it since Iowa beat Nebraska, but this team just showed up motivated to play and to win. Um, obviously being a big rivalry game, that's what you hope for, for your, your players to show up and play with that passion, which is really all it was at this point. Um, but no, it was awesome. I think to build off what you said, Spencer, about Wally having a great game, that interception, it seems like that. That was one of the key things that stuck out to me was after that interception, we hit that big pass, that big pass play, I believe to span forward too, where it's like all year we'll have a big play or like a big swing in momentum or potential to kind of capture the momentum. And we just kind of sit on the ball and play our little keep away offense. But the last Saturday seemed like we opened up the pass game quite a bit. Um, we hit a couple big plays and we didn't give up any big plays either. Um, seems like a lot of the times when we do have solid games on defense, you can look back to the, even the Ohio State game, we would stuff the run, stuff the run, and then they break one or two, maybe three long ones, and that's what that's what kills us. But yeah, overall, it's a great win. It's great to see the Axe back in Minnesota, and it's an awesome celebration on the field afterwards. The celebration was sweet, and what, what, what was just so great is the stakes in this game for Wisconsin. I mean, all they had to do was win, and they're off to the Big Ten. A championship game against Michigan, who I know Michigan's already beat Wisconsin this year, but I saw multiple Wisconsin fans celebrating that victory enthusiastically. They were set, they were pumped on the way to the state of Michigan won, Michigan won. Like their fans were pumped up that they didn't have to face Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, and they just came out and we kind of punched them right in the mouth. I mean, not it wasn't like we dominated right off the get go, but just to ruin their chance to go to Big Ten championship game was awesome. And to do it at home, to reclaim the axe when they had so much on the line, it was it was great. I you know, their fans are some of the more outer ones, I'll say, of visiting fans that come in. They were stunned and dejected and sad and they left early. A lot of them did. And when we went up ten and got that first stop and uh got the ball back. Um, they ended up getting, getting the ball back one more time, but when they first uh, got stopped uh, towards the end of the game, all of Wisconsin fans just started heading out. It was it was great to see. I was I've never I've never seen that right. They're always in your face, ball like because we we haven't done that before. Um, right. That was great to see. Uh, I'll admit, at halftime, I was feeling a little bit like oh crap, like close game against Wisconsin at half. Here we go again, like not wanting to get my hopes up, but. Yeah, I, I mean, the pick pick by Wally, I think we all agree, is de- definitely the game-changing play. Uh, and I'm ready to say this. This is the – just because of how strong this defense defensive line was, I think this is probably the overall best go for defense I've seen. Wow. Like, just because the trenches are so much more important. I know I know the Kill Clays era had, like, Damian Wilson and Devondre Campbell and all those guys, and, you know, maybe you know, they had a little bit more – stronger depth in the secondary but this d line was insane like just yeah. absolutely phenomenal how deep we were it was it was it was amazing i holding wisconsin to 62 rushing yards on the day yeah 
forcing them to throw the ball 38 times. We only had 16 passing attempts, which if you were to tell me that before the game, I'd be like, well, we just get obliterated then? I was thinking we were going to have to throw it like 25 times to beat these guys. And not that we ran for crazy amount of yards, but we did run it, you know, effectively enough. And we're definitely the better rushing team between the two. So the D-line was so great. And one of the things I'm going to, you know, look on most fondly about this season, not just winning the X, but just how good this defense and the D-line really ended up being for this team. Yeah. Um, offensive line, too. I uh, just got announced today. Uh, all five are on all conference for on the all conference big 10 teams um but you know rather whether it be first team second team third team or honorable mention from the coaches or media all five made it on there in some sort of way which is also crazy uh it's really strong in the trenches this year and you know eight and four if you're if you go eight and four but you lost uh wisconsin iowa and ohio state you know it feels like a pretty weak eight and four but you know Yes, we had some bad losses like Bowling Green, Illinois. Obviously, wish we could have those back. But college football things happen. I'm trying to make too many excuses because I was still upset. But uh, winning against Wisconsin, getting the axe backs when they were white hot, know, just running over everybody in their path, uh, you know, really gives this eight and four record like, okay, you earned it. This is legitimate. Uh, a good year. Good year. We were we said our baseline was eight and four for this year to have call it a good year. Hit it. Um, you know, wasn't the losses we thought we were gonna get, but uh, you know, I, the other thing I, I said this to my brother who I was at the game with. I underestimated how how much having the axe cures how I feel about the season. Uh, I, <laughs> yes, you're all caught up in the emotion of the game, running down there to storm it. It was awesome seeing all the players getting to pat them on the shoulder, pat them, great job, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, looking around, seeing all the fans have the same exhilarating feeling as you do, but actually beating Wisconsin and having the axe, you're just like, we did it. Like, yep, we did. And it just, you know, I did forget how much it meant, but it just, I, how much, how much I forgave, I guess, from earlier in the season, because yeah, I mean, we played a, probably our best overall game plan start to finish throughout the year. Yes, there were some mistakes, but just outplayed them. And in the end it was enough. And that was, you know, that was great. The crowd was into it the entire time, by the way, as it should be in a rivalry game. But that was one of the better crowds I'd I'd seen as well at the uh, at the bank there. Watching yeah. the TV, you could feel like you could feel the energy, and like every big play definitely came through. Even the TV, which it, it normally doesn't do it justice, but you could tell that it was rocking there in Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean that was it was a phenomenal game, phenomenal feeling. Um, like you said, Kurt, it does it does cure a lot of. We kind of touched on it, you know, in previous podcasts. You know, um, the the feeling of of you know winning, you know, at the point after losing to Iowa, Illinois, Bowling Green, it didn't just feel right. Like it just felt like a wash. But winning against Wisconsin, against your biggest rival, you know, that was huge. Um, really does make me look at the season and and say it was a success. Um, Obviously, you know, I think expectate. I think expectations. I think we've met them. I think that you know us just knowing how much depth our line, had, well, experience our line had, and everything. Um, maybe we catch another game or two. But this is Big Ten. You know, you can lose any game at any moment. Um, I think that experience will carry on to next year. I'm hoping to not slip up during games. And I know it's year five of PJ, but 
it does just seem like things are going to change from here on out. Like we've been touching on all years, you have to split Wisconsin and Iowa. I'm hoping this is the first year that we're finally going to start doing that. And it just, it just gets real. It's really exciting to see where this team can go. And a lot of people returning next year and, you know, for better, for worse, I don't know, but I'm excited, you know, to see the future of Gopher football. Yeah, we've one, one thing I want to point out, I just, you know, we're all talking about the experience because it was great because we don't get to see us beat Wisconsin a whole lot. But um, Irving ran extremely hard this game. Like there was there was time like he that was I thought it was overall his best game that he's had as a gopher. I know 12 carries for 39 yards doesn't look like a lot, but he also caught the 39 uh, 36 yard pass play out of the backfield. Big time play. And he ran more physical than he ever had. He he was running hard into into linebackers and. I gotta, I, I gotta hand it to uh, Chanel on Wisconsin. I see he finished with their leading tackle. It's not a surprise because you heard his number and name called all night. He was all over the field uh, entire time. So he's a really good player. But Irving ran physical all night, and he was moving the pile even at times, which I just, you know, you don't typically see that from him all the time. So that was that was great to see. He finally did something that we really hadn't done all year, and that was we lined up right. Oppen Bell on opposite sides of the field. I believe it was most of the time Jackson or Michael Brown Stevens. They were both out there at times, but most of the time it was Jackson in the slot with those guys. And you could see they were playing single eye safety because we'd started to run the football a little bit. They were trying to guess on who to double. And so the first two times when we went deep, um, they, they were they, the safety was giving help to Oppen Bell over the top. So we went to Dylan Wright. And we got the 27-yard catch, and then later we got the pass interference call. And then the other time, okay, so they gave help to Dylan Wright for the top, and we hit Ottman Bell on the, you know, was it like a 27-yard touchdown pass? So that was that was the game-winning touchdown. So that was just creative things that I, you know, I was hoping that we would do earlier in the season, but I complained when they used it in arguably, you know, the most important game to us at the end, and they did it. So that was just that was good to see, and. uh I hope that gets carried forward, and maybe this is a little bit of a transition here, but so it got announced Sanford will not be returning as the offensive coordinator. Um, uh, PJ said he wants to go in a different direction, which makes sense. Did did this game to you guys feel like it didn't look like the same offense being called? It looked kind of closer to the old offense being called, or is that just me? How did you guys see that? Or that is feel about that? totally what I was thinking, Kurt. Um... I honestly thought that was the game that might save his save his time here, to be honest, because that's the game we were looking for. I you know we uh, it was a balanced attack, and I know you have to do that against this Wisconsin team, but still, it's something that you said it exactly right. We wanted to see this all year. We got Span Ford really involved, and I love yeah. to see that. I mean, we have such an athletic, big tight end. And it was really a shame that we didn't really get to see him utilized really that much this year. But we really did this game. Splitting out our two top receivers, I'd say. I mean, they're dangerous. You know, they can go up and get the ball downfield. They're fast. That was awesome to see. Um, yeah, it's a shame that we waited this long to see it. It almost seems as if we were saving this playbook for this, t- this game. Like we were going to just walk into Wisconsin. But, you know... Um, yeah, like I have a theory I, though. What's do, that? Do you think Simon was calling the plays this game? Oh, that is actually a great point. I mean, 
When I you just, put it like I don't know. When you put it like that, if I had to put money on it, it, it was a totally different identity from what Simon was doing all year. So maybe not. Maybe someone else was calling the plays, and maybe based on that, maybe PJ was like, "Hey, we're going with this." Like, I don't know, man. What do you guys so, think? I think I think oh, I don't know. Just other golfer. This isn't my original thought. I saw other golfer fans speculating about it on Twitter, but it, it just felt more like the old offense, which made people think that the receivers coach, co- offensive coordinator Matt Simon, right, who was here under Soroka as well. Um, he carried over. He called the Auburn game. It just felt more like that kind of offense this game. I don't know if things were just finally clicking or maybe Sanford did call the game of his career here uh, as a coach. But um, I just thought, I mean, because we only threw the ball 16 times. Tanner, yes, he only had 11 completions. But each completion averaged 18 yards. Like, that's that's what was so effective about it. It was that's why I use the term timely. Like it was super effective. I mean, chunking them twenty yards basically a pass completion is that's kind of how you beat Wisconsin. That's how you see Ohio State usually beat Wisconsin. But it was just a nice mix of the run and then off of that mid hitting some timely pass plays. It looked like closer to like the offense we saw against say Auburn and whatnot, which is why I felt that maybe I have a hunch that even if he didn't wasn't actually signaling the plays that. They let Simon just have more of an influence of the kind of plays that were going to be ran this game. I agree. Auburn reference, that's exactly what I was actually thinking too, was it it definitely looked different. Um, And that was the first thing that popped in my head as well, was it just looked, I guess you would almost define it as clever. Like it wasn't like huge, crazy plays or like, yeah, like the, the stats too. You don't look at the box score and go, holy crap, like we lit him up. It wasn't so much that, it was just the timely... The timely first downs, the timely big plays, the timely kind of momentum swinging plays. Um, it looked like we. That, oh, sorry, I cut you off. Just the the couple that really stood out too were, and it was only two plays, but the two plays that it feels like we've been begging for all year was Dalen Wright. He only had one catch, but it was for 27 yards down the sideline where he just had a one on one ball, which Tanner threw a beautiful ball too. I mean that you can't have that play without Tanner's throw, but just to try that there. And then he, they went for it again. He got the pass interference call. And it's like, he that dude is such a mismatch. And it feels like we haven't utilized any of our actual weapons all year until this yeah. last game. And look what happened. I mean, we none of the none of our receivers had over four catches, but span forward averaged over 20 yards. Uh, Bucky Irving averaged 19 and a half yards a catch. Ottman Bell averaged 18 and a half. Uh, Wright had the 127 yard catch and Jackson had two for 26. So it's like, all of our receivers, they didn't catch a ton of balls, but they were all over 10 yards on average. Yeah, I just it, it looked like we out-coached a good team. Not that, we, not that I yeah. thought they were better than us necessarily, but, I mean, it was pretty evenly matched teams, I, I feel. like Right? Their defensive front was a tough task to go against, but it just looked like we out-coached them on, on that matchup, offense versus defense. And, it, uh, yeah, it was just great to see. And so... Do you think so? We need a new offensive coordinator. If you had to guess, do you guys think that Matt Simon gets promoted now as full time offensive coordinator, or do you think that PJ looks outside and brings somebody in again? I mean, uh, I, guess. I, mean I, I hope think... we stick with him just because he's been around for so long and he's, I don't know, he's, he's proven that he's been successful kind of with this offensive group. Um, I don't know. I just, I just hope Soroka, we give him a shot. If Soroka would come back 
Would you take Soroka? Mm, I want to, but honestly, the the problem Dirty is already left. He left. Yeah. yeah. What's keeping him from leaving again? You know. Yeah. Um, and I get it. You know, as a coordinator, you know they have aspirations. You know, be a head coach or better gig. Everyone's has the right to do that, but I feel like Simon. You know, Simon. I think has known PJ and worked with him for a long time, and. You know, he was giving the reins for that great Auburn game. But um, I don't know. I just I just think that, you know, he's never had his time as the guy. You know, we've got Sanford Jr. for the season. But um, I don't know, Simon, every time that he's been there, it just seems like he's, you know, stepped up and, and called a great game. It really has. And if we put him in charge of it, I don't see why we would take some steps back, you know, why why he wouldn't, you know, utilize, you know, the the weapons that we have. So it'll be interesting to see at the same time, too. I don't know about you guys, but like what kind of guy out there, you know, no offense to PJ, but are there going to be many like great offensive minds that might want to work under him? I don't know that answer, you know, just like they got to be really buying into the culture here and his philosophies. I don't know if that's hard for a football coach to do, but you know, if someone out there is wanting to, then sure. Like by all means, but I just, I just see it as a great opportunity for Simon to, to take the reins on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally all for that. I just, I was curious, you know, I didn't know. It's clearly, clearly PJ felt he needed some sort of other experience on the staff when he went, uh, with Sanford the last time, but I I think I'm gonna go with the theory, and this could be totally wrong. I'm gonna just gonna go with the theory that Simon had a much heavier influence, maybe even called the plays this last week, and uh, yeah, I think he'll get the job. But with that, they will use this empty or yeah, this uh, opening spot on the coaching staff for a quarterbacks coach, though for sure, because Matt Simon's been the receivers coach, so. I would imagine they'll still want to bring in uh, a QB coach yeah. just to, just to, you know, I Tanner agree. back and uh, right. Like you knew, you knew Tan when Tanner when it was clear that Tanner was coming back, right? Because he didn't even walk. So I texted him right away, like, "Well, Tanner didn't even walk out here, guys. So he's not, he's not leaving." Um, I think it actually maybe it broke officially even before the game. I think or maybe just after. But anyway, like it just. PJ's perspective, right? It didn't seem like it would make sense to bring both Stanford and Morgan back. We actually talked about that earlier in the, like a few weeks ago, like if we had to guess which one more likely to be back. And we all, well, actually, I said Stanford. Spencer, you said Morgan, so I got to give you credit there. Uh, you were right. Well, Morgan's back. Yeah. But we're, we're going to add something. Well, to me, it just, I mean, Lod, like, I, it, this is strictly, for, it's not like I have like insider information, but. As if I'm if I'm putting myself into his shoes, you know, from a perspective of okay, I might want to go to the NFL. I understand that this year has not been my best year. Why not give it another go to show them what I got, get some good film out there to see if I can get drafted and, and play football somewhere? Um, I don't know. Like that was my thinking. Um, I, I don't yeah. think like I don't think the film that he has this year is going to wow NFL prospects. We we flashback to 2019 he was one of the top quarterbacks you know in the country like he was gonna have a they were predicting them to have a solid 2020 season COVID happened didn't really end up like that come back to the 21 you know season this year 
I don't want to say he played horribly, but definitely not 2019 Morgan. He's got something in the tank. We've seen it. I just think that the coaches have to guide him there. And I think a fresh new season can really give him the confidence to do so. Um, that's the only reason why I thought that. Now, how I feel about him returning, to be honest, I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, I, <laughs> well, and it's nothing against Tanner. Like you said, Kurt, you said it best. Tanner's probably the best gopher quarterback that we've seen. It's been an awesome time to have him here. But sometimes, you know, it's it's your time to step away. And I don't know if, like, I feel like the gopher offense, you know, we're always going to run the football. But I think the leader, the quarterback, I think I think we need someone else to get some juice in there, you know. Um, I get what you're saying. Now knowing what's happened, right? I, like, it's broke now. We all know Zach Annex has entered the transfer portal. Uh, Clark has entered the transfer portal. So all of a sudden, you're down to Morgan Kramer. And uh, next year, I forget the four-star's name, but he'll be a redshirt freshman next year, and then you'll have the true freshman out of South Dakota. So all of a sudden, your your quarterback room's a lot emptier. So in that sense, I am happy to have Tanner back. And if they can get him back to his form of 2019, that's that's great. Like we, There were some flashes, even just this past game of that, but... Obviously, he's got to play better. I think he knows that. Um, it's not, I don't want to say bummed. It's just, this isn't really Tanner's fault. He's just not the most exciting quarterback, right? Like, not a super strong arm. Exactly. He's not super athletic. And just knowing that we have other guys on the roster that are supposed to potentially be that, that's the slight, I, I don't want to say disappointment, just kind of like, oh, like kind of boring aspect to another year of Tanner. But if he really is the best quarterback and, Given how the room cleared out, it's not going to be an open quarterback competition. Um, Ryan Burns actually reported that PJ pushed pretty hard to get Tanner back and uh, don't expect one. So uh, a quarterback competition, that is. So there's not going to be a competition. This is Tanner's job next season. Um, so you know, I'm just hoping the offensive coordinator changes enough to get it back to how it was because... I mean, even coming into this season, we might have mentioned that, hey, Tanner didn't play great, and if he struggles, maybe you give Annexted a look. But none of us were like, oh, Tanner's going to weigh us down or anything, you know? So I feel like maybe we can hit the reset button a little bit. Maybe being overly positive because we just won the axe. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And to me, I, I think our coaches don't believe, they must not have believed in some of these backups over Morgan, you know? Um, yeah. you like, like you said, now it's thinned out. Um, and yeah, you said it right again, Kurt, like it's not, I don't want to call him like a boring quarterback, you know, but we just, I, you know, I think we're looking for that guy that's just going to take it up a notch, you know? And I think that's just spoiled me wanting more, <laughs> you know, it's but, just, it's just like, the dual threatness. Even, even Annex that was right. a bit more mobile and a bigger arm, yeah, you know, exactly. So, Ideally, in my head, you know, I was thinking like, okay, Tanner goes out this year and we get at least a year or two of Annexted before the four-star takes over. But, um, you know, it's college football, and in today's day and age, that's just not – doesn't work out according to plan, just jumping from one guy to the next guy, how you think it would. But, uh, Max, is there anything you want to jump in on the, the Tanner situation? You guys said it pretty well. Um, it is encouraging, though, that at least kind of end of the season – even if it just be one game, he's still got a whole game that we can see. But um, I know it's been disappointing kind of this back half of the season, but hopefully, you know, the next year being his last year, hopefully that's kind of the, he can go out the way he wants to go out. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it's I I get caught up in this all the time too. And every everyone other other people's teams fan bases remind teams of this all the time that it's it's silly to cheer experience out the door. Right? Like you saw that a little bit with like Wisconsin, right? They were pushing for Mertz. They caved into not caved into Mertz, but they went with Mertz as the guy. I personally know Badger fans that regret getting rid of Jack Cohn for grammar. It's not that they got rid of Jack Cohn, but they just yeah. said, Hey, we're going with Mertz. And so he transferred out. Um, Jack Cohn is looking like the better quarterback at the moment. Um, so don't want that situation on our hands for sure. But, you know, at least the talented guys on this roster at quarterback are young. So this extra year will help them probably uh, learn. It's just if Tanner goes down now, now it's really thin because Kramer is your pro- probably your backup, I'm assuming. I know he's still the Wildcat guy, kind of. But, I mean, he is a quarterback first and foremost. It's not like the Seth Green Wildcat package with we had. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe that backup spot is open to the four-star if he can beat out Kramer. But we'll see. I'm guessing how long Tanner's been in this offense. I'm guessing the more, well, it's just, I think, P.J. I think it takes some guys a little bit longer to get PJ's trust, and I just have a feeling I'm in the Wildcat package. But yeah. um, other news, though, that I wanted to out here, I'll, I'll pull it up on my phone quick. Other news I wanted to run past you guys: Gophers offer New Mexico State transfer receiver Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Uh, so I don't know his stats or anything, but I know he Utah has also offered him, and as has Iowa State. So I'm sure he's a a good receiver and everything. Um, it's just interesting that we offer a New Mexico State guy who from the team that we open up with to start the season next year, who also just hired Jerry Kill, who's had some interesting takes lately on uh, for football in general. Was that a purposeful target? <laughs> PJ um, sending a mental shot at Jerry Kill. That's a that's I. <laughs> I don't know, man. You wouldn't think that receiver would be this the thing we're trying to go after in the portal unless they're like really good. And I'm sure this guy is really good. If you're if you enter the transfer portal from one of the smaller schools and multiple power five teams are offering you, you probably are a very good player. I, I'm sure he is. I'm just kinda wondering if there's any extra intent in the offer or not. Maybe so. You know, kinda like ties back, you know, to the little speculation with you know frost and and fleck like maybe like on the low key side maybe fleck is just taking shots at everybody that has he's he's low key petty (laughs) like maybe he is kind of low key petty like that i don't know um no okay like honestly is he really like that i don't know i don't think so but hey like it does. It does kind of write a little bit of a narrative here, you know. It it kind of does get the juices flowing, which I think you know this. The petty drama sometimes is exciting for the media and everything. Even though it's we're playing New Mexico State, I mean next year that first game is gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be big time. You know, we're having kill back hey. in the bank. You know, it, just that alone is is gonna make headlines there. Um. Which I think that the the attention is is probably good for Minnesota, you know, to some degree. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he maybe he is kind of just like a little petty like that. I don't know. You know, just wasting time taking shots at New Mexico State and Jerry Kill just because <laughs> Jerry Kill doesn't like PJ or said things that were against PJ. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> 
like a I can't come up with a good comparison right now that's even equivalent, but like it'd be weird if oh say okay, say say Don Brown said some negative things about Michigan. You know, Michigan's not gonna offer some UMass transfer and like, oh, we're gonna show them like like I really hope not. Like yeah. That's really that's just very right. kill living rent free in PJ's head if that's really what's happening. I know, I know. I don't I don't actually think that's the reason. I just I just thought it was kind of an interesting point to right. bring up that it's obviously a good player that New Mexico State's elite, uh losing if, if yeah. all these other schools want him. Um man, I can't believe how, how much I'm gonna be looking forward to that opening season game just because Gary's back and I I wanna obviously the gophers to win, but I I don't hate him. Not hate him. Not that a lot of fans hate him, but he's just kind of, he's saying some goofy stuff right now. Like we're all stacked up against him. So it's just created a lot of intrigue now for this first game. It um, does. Yeah. I, I have a better theory though, about why we offered him this receiver that is in the, in the portal. And that's that. Uh, and this could be nothing. It'd be totally wrong. Maybe he's just another good receiver that PJ's noticed and wanted him over here but Chris Oppen Bell did walk on senior day he is a senior but and that doesn't mean he can't come back because he does have another year of eligibility if he wants it due to the COVID rule but um some guys do like to graduate and move on with their lives or just take their shot at the NFL now you know so there's a possibility maybe Fleck knows that he's moving on after the bowl game um so maybe that that is another possible theory that why we offered him but uh that's probably a more a correct theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe maybe PJ knows some other receivers that are going to opt out or not opt out, uh, you know, enter the transfer portal or whatnot. But we're pretty deep at receivers. So I would imagine that move tells me that PJ is expecting somebody to move on that, that got a decent amount of playing time. So, yeah. Um, See? Uh, yeah, you were saying stuff about Jerry saying weird things. It's like, yeah, he's like, he just said he has like a little chip on his shoulder. Sure, I get that. But he wanted to prove wrong, those wrong that counted the old man out. Um, yeah, we didn't count you out, man. We were worried about you while you were seizing on the field. Like, I'm exactly. sorry. <laughs> and and I'm sorry, like, we lo- I think we all here would agree. We love Jerry Kill. He yes. pulled us out of some horrible, horrible gopher seasons. He really kind of, you know, set the trajectory of where we're at now, in a sense. And I really appreciate the memories that we have of him as head, head, the head coach. But, I like, agree. you, like, Jerry, I don't want to say he walked away from us, but he was the guy who said, hey, this is the end of my road. I'm done here. Yeah. And unfortunately, someone that you employed, Tracy Clays, who was a great football coach for us, too, he got the boot for obvious, you know, we know the reasons. We won't get into that. But I don't know if he's just trying to amp himself up for this, you know, you know, find a football coach again, just saying these things. But, um, yeah, like we I think we all would agree. We never counted him out. We have no ill will against Jerry Kill at all. Like it's not like the school asked him to medically retire. Like he had to medically retire. We Gopher fans were devastated. I was devastated. We were all devastated. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget, Curtis. You sent the message. You know, remember I worked on the football team when he retired. Like it, it was horrible. It really was horrible. But. 
you know, it kind of, it's a little, it's a little sad, you know, like if he feels that way about a lot of us fans, like we yeah, love Jerry. We did. I, I personally hope that we don't do anything. Like, like you said, he's expecting a ton of booze. I hope we don't boo. I hope it's not no. like a standing ovation. I just hope it's like a normal, it's a normal game. Like that's, yeah. that'd be you bad. don't think oh. they should do like a little like tribute video for no, him? No, I, I wouldn't. Not after all the stuff he's said, to be honest. Uh, which is a shame. It really is a yeah. shame because I, I always thought if Jerry returned, you know, aside oh. from all the negative, you know, press that he said about us, like, I always he thought. He wouldn't have said this him. last couple blurbs. I, I absolutely would have been given a standing ovation because he got the, he got the, he got the athletic complex build. Like he was the driving force behind that. So I think a lot of fans forget that. And uh, the program was an absolute shambles when he got here. He built it up, like his saying was, brick by brick. And uh, yeah, I mean, PJ, PJ definitely um, molded it differently. No longer a brick wall. We are a boat with an oar. Uh, I don't know. He, PJ retooled what he had, but... Um, it's 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 worked out. Yeah, I think both sides can be happy. I hope I hope I hope Jerry's happy. I I wish nothing but good things to him. Absolutely. I have that selfie somewhere of uh, us on the field after the beatdown of Iowa, which was the last time we beat them, by the way. But um, yeah, uh, that's all I got. Really Me quickly too. here, let's let's uh let's really quickly. There's I just want to run these uh, possible bowl destinations by you guys. This is just. From the Daily Golfer, these are currently the uh, from two of ESPN's people, the Athletics, uh, Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports, and Athlon. These are the the guesses so far. So we got one of ESPN's people has Las Vegas Bowl versus Arizona State. Which, if I had to looking at these, I feel like that's the one that's going to happen as well. Um, a different ESPN guy has us back in the Outback Bowl against Arkansas. That would really surprise me because I just yeah. I don't think we're getting the Outback Bowl. No, on we have first. Bowling Green, Bowling Green for sure. Maybe yeah, the, against Illinois. Well, that right. would actually project us probably maybe higher, but yeah, I don't yeah. see. That. I think Purdue's probably getting the Outback Bowl this year. Just eight and four had some really nice wins, and honestly, we were their worst loss on the season uh, as far or well, or Wisconsin. Now that we beat Wisconsin, but us was their losses were to us, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. And uh, Iowa State, those are the only teams they lost to. So actually kind of surprised they're not ranked. But um, anyway, Athletics got us in the guaranteed rate bowl, which is Phoenix, Arizona, against West Virginia. Um, Matchup-wise, I like that a lot. I think we'd beat West Virginia. Not that I don't think we couldn't beat those other two. I just think that's maybe the more favorable one. Uh, Sports Illustrated has us in the pinstripe bowl versus Miami. I don't think we'll drop that far. I think... I think the guaranteed rate bowl in Arizona or the Las Vegas bowl is where we'll end up. I think they'll save the New York bowl for like a Penn state or Maryland this year, to be honest, just cause they're already out there. Yeah. Uh, C- CBS has us in the music city bowl versus Tennessee. That would be cool. Um, I would take the music city bowl. I don't know if we'll get that one might hand it over to like uh one could go to Penn State potentially. It all depends on how these big bowls shake out, right? And who they take, like which one's Ohio State going to, Michigan yeah. State, Iowa this year because they're in the Big Ten championship game. So we'll see. And then Athlon also has us in the Las Vegas Bowl against UCLA. 
So that would be cool. Two classic teams, uh, classic unis. Well, I guess our uniforms aren't quite the same as they used to be, but UCLA would be cool in the Las Vegas Bowl. If I had to guess, I think that first guy, just because I feel like I've seen that projection the, the most, is I think we'll go to the Las Vegas Bowl, and I do think we'll be playing the Arizona State Sun Denifles, which would be an entertaining game, I think. So Yeah, that would be really awesome. Um, I love Big Ten Pac-12 matchups. I really do. It's just classic. And, and uh, you know, Arizona State, they're a good football team out west. I think the Pac-12 in general has been a little down, but, you know, still still would be an exciting game. Um, but, man, what do I think? I think, yeah, the Pinstripe Bowl, obviously, that that is a little lower tiered. Um, it's kind of like too good for that, to be honest. Yeah, that's kind of like Quick Lane Bowl-esque, you know, when we went to the Quick Lane Bowl a few years ago and everything. Um, I think the matchup against Miami would be pretty exciting, like to play Miami. But that aside, I don't think they're... I think I'm with you, Curtis. I think the Vegas Bowl is what we have. Um, You know, I I think the Guaranteed Rate Bowl against West Virginia would be cool. Obviously, the Outback Bowl against Arkansas would be great. Last time we were there, we had a great one against Auburn. Maybe they'll be like, hey, want this gopher team that put on a great show again? But I I don't foresee that with the last Bowling Green especially. But, yeah. Tennessee... If we got Tennessee in any of those bowls as well, though, that would get me fired up. Like that'd that be would be game. awesome. Yeah, that would be. Hopefully, their fans wouldn't throw like trash on PJ though. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Um. Oh, I mean, Max, did you have anything you want to say on those? Or are you good? Are we kind of talked? I I actually haven't hadn't seen those projections. Um. But really, most of those teams would be kind of cool. There's that's the best thing about bowl games. Just you get to see a team that you really never are gonna face otherwise. Um, right. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah, looking at the, I guess the one projection to the UCLA matchup would be interesting, just because they've yeah. been kind of a hot team in the Pac-12. I'd be curious to see how we stand up against a Chip Kelly offense. Yeah, it, it'd be a lot different from what we've seen. I feel like Arkansas would be like 13 to 10 game, but just because there's two very physical yeah. defensive teams, but uh, no, I, I'd be happy, honestly, with any of those matchups. All of those, even the pinstripe ball playing the Hurricanes, that'd be cool to see. I don't remember the last time we played them, if we've ever played them, to be honest. But, all right, really quick here, guys, just because we've done it every week. Might as well cap it off. Championship week, let's get some picks in. Uh, we got Friday night. Got the Pac-12 championship game on ABC at 7 p.m. You have Oregon versus Utah. Utah is a three-point favorite here. Uh, I like Utah... That last game is just kind of burned in my memory too much to take Oregon. I said on the last podcast, whoever lost the first one would win the second one. I think it's a lot closer this time, but I'm still going Utah. Ooh, and they're three-point favorites? Yeah. yeah uh, I was on board with you, Kurt. I actually took uh, Oregon last time they played, and they just got stomped. I understand it was at Utah, but Max, you saw it coming too. But the rematch, I'm actually really excited to hear what Max thinks about this. But I'm with you, Kurt. I got to go with the Utes. I just can't see them. I don't think it'll be pure domination like last time. But how does a team lose to a team they just destroyed just early, just two games before, you know? So I go with the Utes. <laughs> it's hard not to have their last matchup ingrained in your mind when picking this. Um, I guess the I'm going to pick Oregon. Uh, the two reasons being just that it 
isn't well I should say, three reasons it's not at utah i think that yeah. i don't know why that's such a hurdle for a lot of teams but especially oregon um pac-12 championship oregon tends to play most of their best games in the conference championship game um and this is just a little bit of my own mental games the fact that it's a three-point utah spread again after the the butt whoop when they just give the ducks i would expect it to be higher which tells me vegas doesn't think utah's really that much better so i'm just gonna take the three points <laughs> yeah gotcha uh, yeah, it's in, I, it's I, in, go ahead kurt i was gonna say i think you're right oregon does play pretty good in these this pac-12 championship game through the year so i I'm going to kind of kick myself if I called it a few weeks ago and then I just didn't follow through with my gut from then. So I just, I had my mind changed, I guess. Yeah. Spencer, did you want to jump in? Well, I guess it didn't matter. You know, like the game's in Vegas, closer to Utah, I guess. But I just feel like there may be a little more Oregon fans there just because it's Oregon. Um, I could be totally wrong there. But yeah, this neutral site, I, I definitely think it'll be more even, but... I just and can't, goes I just, to the Rose Bowl. It's a big. Yeah, game. I, I just can't. I just cannot go with. I just can't go with the the the, the Ducks. I can't. Not after that blowout loss. Yeah. All right, and then uh, eleven a.m. Got Baylor versus Oklahoma State at AT and T Stadium in Texas. There, uh, Oklahoma State is a five and a half point favorite. I want Oklahoma State to win very badly. Baylor just seems like they're playing really, really well right now. So I think I'm going to go Baylor and the points because I think it's going to be a closer game than five and a half points. That's that's my reasoning. Rooting for Oklahoma State. Nice. Um, gosh, you know, I, this one is the tougher one for me. Um, but I do have to say they played earlier in the year, October 2nd. Oklahoma State did win by 10. But as soon as that game end was over, you know, aside from that loss against Iowa State, Oklahoma State's just been looking like they have a potential to be in the playoff. They just have been playing lights out football. I think that they continue that this game. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's defense has been one of the best in the country this year. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. And um, I know Baylor's quarterback, Bohannon, I think he's been in question Injury-wise, I think he had a hamstring injury. Um, uh, I didn't know that. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the team that's healthy and has a good defense. Son of a no, that's all right. I I want Oklahoma State. I Oklahoma State. You guys know this. Well, I just they're one of those teams. I don't know why I root for them, but I just I like them out of the Big Twelve. They're a fun team to watch. I don't know. Plus, I love I love when they go with like the heavy blaze orange uniforms. I just think those are very underrated. I like Gundy. Yeah. He's goofy, but sometimes, yeah. but I, I do like him. He's a good coach. Yeah. Plus, he's went there, so it's just like, you know, he's not leaving. Kind of like Fitzgerald and Northwestern, you know, he's got that. Yeah. That, that mojo going on there. All right. And then 3 p.m., the big one. Uh, well, they're all big, but Georgia versus Alabama Ooh. in the George Dome. Uh, Georgia is a six and a half point favorite. Now, I am going to take Georgia. I know Georgia has handled everyone all year long. On the other hand, Alabama probably is the best team that they've seen or going to see the year, which makes me a little bit nervous. I still think Georgia's going to do it, but it 
it's still crazy to me to pick against Nick Saban in the SEC championship game, and he only has to cover like six and a half points. Like that just seems seems dumb to me to do. Like I wouldn't put money on this game. I don't think. I I am gonna take Georgia just because I think they are the real deal this year. I think they're clearly the best team. So I'm going Georgia to cover. Man, this one's a really tough one. Um, ooh, you know. I caught a little bit of the game against with Alabama and Auburn last week. Auburn played a tough game. Bama almost fell to them. Um, but, you know, it's a rivalry game. Things happen. This here, too, to me, has always been a rivalry game, though they don't play each other much. They always seem to find each other in the championship game every so often. And these two teams, they have bad blood. Not bad blood, but you know what I mean. They, they like to beat up each other. You know, we have big games that were even in the national championship with these two teams. I don't see this, um, you know, being greater than a touchdown, you know, winning, you know, ball game. So I got to go with Alabama covering. I think George is more than capable of doing that to them. But I just think with all that's on the line, Nick Saban as the head coach, great football teams here. I I just think that it's going to be closer than six and a half. So I'll go with Bama covering one man yeah it's like the best version of georgia one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time yeah. plus a bama that's i mean they're always bama but they've been kind of weird but it is the sec championship i mean this yeah. is the kind of make or break for their season if they want to have a shot at the playoff i'm gonna uh, i'm flipping i'm gonna take bama i'm flipping off georgia Ooh. i'm taking bama i know i picked georgia in our our friend picks um i'm just gonna remove that right now i'm swapping that i'm gonna swap that for oregon uh yeah i it's just right like isn't it funny it's like yeah bama's kind of struggling right now they're 11 and 1 it's like uh i wish i could have their struggles Uh, it is it's uh i just think that know it was lsu then it was bama and now to me i'm kind of getting those vibes from georgia this year they just seem to be the team. And uh, the last two years, I thought, well, no, other teams could challenge those guys. Other teams could challenge those guys. And I was dead wrong. So this year, I'm trying to be like, nope, that they're right. This is the team, and they're going to win it outright. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Georgia. But it is I – I do not like picking against Nick Saban in this at all. Um, yeah, there's something else I was going to add there, but I, I can't remember. Anyway, I've said um, – all right. Well, okay – We'll do it this one quick as well. Since he plays Houston, uh, Cincinnati is a 10.5 point favorite. Houston's only got the one loss on the year. Um, well, this game's played in Cincinnati, Ohio. The home team plays the or hosts the conference championship. Actually, yes, I think I remember that now. The American, yeah. 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 I kind of like that, though. Anyway, I say the home team. I meant the, the, the unseed, I should say, host the mm-hmm. championship game. Um, I really want Cincinnati to make it. So I, not that they have to cover to make it. And Houston, correct me if I'm wrong, did Houston struggle just a week or two ago with somebody not that great? Um, No, not recently. Last game they beat UConn. Well, it's UConn. Okay. They, they played Memphis before that. They won 31-13. They played Temple, won 37-8. South Florida, though, I guess they won uh, 54-42. Um, still by 12, October 30th. All right. They played all right. I don't know. All right, I'm going to get you. I'm going to go 
Houston covers Cincinnati wins. Cincinnati Ooh. by 10. Nice, nice. With I am going with the Bearcats. I think that they um they're they're driven to make this playoff right now. And I think like a solid win against a ranked team, just a dominating win, is just gonna speak all the more volume about their team. So I'm gonna go Cincinnati. I want the Bearcats to win too, and I want them to make the playoff, but I I think ten and a half. Just the way Cincinnati's played solid, but they have played teams close. And Houston is kind of sneaky pretty good for being in the American yeah. too. Um I mean, at this point, it's kind of Houston has nothing to lose. It's Dana Holgerson. It's a lot of points. I think they can cover the ten and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Might as well get these last two. Obviously, Michigan, Iowa, night game, 7 o'clock on Fox. Michigan is currently, it didn't start this way. It was ten and a half. Looks like the lines moved to 11. I like to think to myself, because Arwen did send Iowa to the Big Ten Championship game, I like to think of it as we sent them to a beatdown. So I'm going (laughs) Michigan covers the 11 points. Yeah, you know, after seeing their defense against Ohio State, I don't know how they're going to be productive offensively against them. Um, They're really great. I think they'll just have to force turnovers to even try to win. I think that Michigan will will cover this one easily. Um, and then end up pro- probably going to their, their first college football playoff. Yeah. Actually, who do you got in this one? Michigan by 21. Nice. I love that. Um, really quick. We don't need much analysis. Pitt against Wake Forest is the ACC one. Uh, Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite. Um, I'm going to go Wake just because, I don't know, I guess because they're getting the points, and I just, for some reason, feel like Wake usually doesn't do great in football. Not that Pitt's been amazing lately, but just I think it would mean more to Wake to to get into a big game this year. So I'm going with Wake Forest cover. I wholeheartedly agree, Curtis. I think it'd be cool to see Wake Forest in a big bowl game. You know, I think they deserve it with the season they've had. But I think Pittsburgh gets this one done. So I'm going with Pittsburgh. Take Pitt as well. Um, Both offenses are good, but I think Pitt's defense is probably a little bit better. How crazy is it that... Clemson and Ohio State and Oklahoma are not playing on this day, this Saturday. It's 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 crazy. crazy. It's crazy. And even though college football is you know crazy, those teams always seem to make it on top. You know, especially in our generation. Um, yeah, it's exciting though. It's fun to see new teams in there, getting new colors that are in these championship games with a different winner. It's it's exciting for the game. Um, I feel like I feel like though, just with how this season has gone, somebody that is supposed to win to keep the playoff picture the way it is isn't going to. Well, not the way it is. I I still think that Cincinnati needs Georgia to beat Alabama because I think the committee will move an Oklahoma State Big Twelve champ ahead of them if, say, Bama upsets Georgia and Michigan then wins. I think Oklahoma State winning would leapfrog Cincinnati and that Bama and Georgia would both stay in the playoff. So if you're Cincinnati, not, you just, I mean, obviously you got to take care of business because Houston's a legit team. But, um, yeah, that's what I think what needs to happen for them to get in. Do you guys disagree? Do you think they no. would hold their spot over Oklahoma State or no? No, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I think if, if, yeah, if Bama wins this game, they're they're in for sure. Like, um obviously but like i think georgia i mean you're gonna lose to a good bama team i mean you maybe go down before there 
maybe. Um, it's tough. And then, yeah, Oklahoma State, they're looking good. One loss on the season, beating a good Baylor team. I feel bad for the Bearcats to be awesome to see finally a, like a group of five team in there, but just how the how it's going to play out. They need Georgia to win against Alabama for sure, and then I think that they'll get in. I think that with Oklahoma State winning and Georgia winning, I think that they'll both make it. And honestly, that'll be a cool look in college football playoff if we see Georgia, Georgia, Oklahoma State, Michigan, and um, Cincinnati. That'd be cool. That would be honestly really awesome to see Michigan and Bama. Or I'm sorry, in Georgia in the in the championship. That would be really cool. Um, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but well, if you had to, if let's do let's do predictions. Well, first we'll start with Max. Max, do you think that Cincinnati needs uh, Bama to lose to get in? And then also just guess guess the four playoff teams. Your best guess at what they they will be, not what you want them to be. I I mean I personally don't think they need Bama to lose as long as they beat Houston. Um, I would hope with the resume that Cincinnati's put together that an undefeated. American Conference champ with a win over right now number six Notre Dame um, would seal it over in Oklahoma State even if Oklahoma State wins it. Um, yeah, my prediction, man. I know I picked Bama to cover, but I still think Georgia will win the game. So I'm predicting it's gonna be Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State. In that order, you think Oklahoma State's the four seed and Cincinnati's the three seed? Say that um, right. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I so think with your basically... logic, it makes sense, right? I mean, I, yeah, I think they'll just slide them up. Either way. Yeah. Um, I think it will be Georgia 1, Cincinnati 4, Michigan 2, Oklahoma State 3. If we're all going with these teams, it makes me feel like something something's going to happen. Yeah. I... Maybe Cincy gets upset, which would be like, oh, no. That would be so sad for them. I, I hope that doesn't happen. But... What what's even sadder, I think, is in the tra- in the rare chance that Bama does beat Georgia, I think that's it for them. I really do. And assuming Oklahoma State beats Baylor, um, because they're not at this point, it's guaranteed. Well, no, okay, never mind. But if Bama lose, or Bama wins, two SEC teams yet again will make make the playoff, and I guess they have. I guess they have to with how it looks now, you know. Um, and I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Nick say. I don't know if I can pick a winner, but I think he's going to cover that spread. And you know, it's just it's kind of nerve wracking to see if they win. It's really going to shake things up. And I don't. I do not want to see two SEC teams in the national championship again. I want to see like Georgia like play. Michigan or Oklahoma State, like uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, as always, guys, thanks for listening and uh, going through this. Overall, a pretty good go for football season. I I can't remember who said it, but I like the way they phrased it. Uh, Wisconsin was amazing. It uh, you know, was a great ending to the regular season. We'll see what bowl game we get. We left. Yes, we left some meat on the bone this season, is how they phrase it, which I thought was an accurate description, but. Overall, uh, this season gets a thumbs up for me. Anytime you get the action, it's, it's going to be a pretty solid year. Um, thanks for tuning in, and uh, yeah, go Gophers.